It's Philosophy Talk. They say all people are created equal. But are some people better than others? Everybody talking about the seven sun in the whole round world. There is only one, and I'm a one. I'm a one. I'm a one, I'm a one. The one I call the seven sun. All humans may be born equal, but they die with different accomplishments in their past, and they leave different legacies for the future. Some people are better baseball players. Some people are better artists. Aren't some people just better people? Why, you stuck-up, half-witted, scruffy-looking nerf herder! Who's scruffy-looking? Should the most gifted among us be held back by the morality of ordinary folk? Are some people better than others? Coming up on Philosophy Talk. Welcome to Philosophy Talk, the program that questions everything. Except your intelligence. I'm John Perry. And I'm Ken Taylor. We're broadcasting from the studios of KALW San Francisco. That's down the highway from Stanford University. Philosopher's Corner there is where Ken and I teach philosophy. And today we're asking, are some people better than others? Well, Ken, uh, some people are certainly smarter or more artistic, stronger, more agile. Some, like me, better looking. Oh, John, don't flatter yourself. Okay, than others. If that's what you're asking, then the answer is obviously yes. Some people are better than others in certain respects. But if you're asking whether some people are just plain better human beings, are more worthy, more entitled than others, then I think the answer is obviously no. Oh, really? Come on, John. Consider, like, all the great artists and composers, the great thinkers, the people who have discovered things and invented things. You don't think they're superior human beings? Well, they're gifted. But I don't think that means their lives are somehow worth more than anyone else's. When Thomas Jefferson wrote, all men are created equal, he wasn't saying that we're all born with the same virtues or talents in life. That's clearly not the case. But what he meant was that our lives are of equal value, and so we should each have the same rights and responsibilities. Equal value to whom? Equal responsibility for what? Think about if we have different virtues and talents, then we should be treated differently. Think about a baseball team. Some are great players. Some are bench warmers. You don't give them all the same playing time. So I, I think Jefferson was wrong. I don't know how to break this to you, Ken, but you sound like an elitist. Well, to give you another example. Just take Picasso. He, he was an adulterous blackguard who treated women very badly. But you know what? He did something that most artists couldn't do. He completely revolutionized modern art. Now, I think people like Picasso, you've got to give them more resources, and you've got to give them some kind of moral legroom. You've got to cut them some slack and tolerate a little bad behavior from time to time. I guess you're saying we should tolerate bad behavior from any great artist, composer, scientist, even politicians, I suppose. Basically, anyone you'd put in your elite category. Their contribution is so great. It's okay if they cheat on their spouses, neglect their children, or otherwise act like selfish jerks. Well, you know, I don't really approve of that, but sometimes it's necessary. You know, Faulkner said, if a writer has to rob his mother, he will not hesitate. And he also said, the ode to a Grecian urn is worth any number of old ladies. I, I don't fully agree with that, but I kind of agree with that. Well, you know, I hope your mother doesn't hear this program. You might as well quote Nathan Leopold of the famous, infamous, I should say, child-murdering duo, duo Leopold and Loeb, who said, 
A thirst for knowledge is highly commendable no matter what extreme pain or injury it may inflict upon others. Would you agree with him, too? No, no look, you're twisting. I don't, I'm, I'm not going to go that far. First of all, they weren't great anything. They were just, uh, uh, you know, they were legends in their own mind. They were entitled rich kids with delusions of grandeur. They're irrelevant. Yeah, but they tried to justify murdering a child using the same kind of elitist rubbish you've been spouting. They thought they were Nietzschean supermen, beyond good and evil. If you think, like Faulkner, that a good poem is worth any number of old ladies, where are you going to draw the line? How about an old man like me? You're wandering into dangerous territory uh, here. You know, it may be a slippery slope, but there's a clear line. Murder's clearly wrong no matter who you do it for or whatever reason. But take, like, Steve Jobs. He was a jerk. He was a jerky to his subordinates, but that helped them all become greater. I think you maybe you have to excuse bad behavior like that, but only for those who have achieved greatness, you know, judged objectively. I'm not talking about delusions of grandeur like Leopold and Lowe. Those are different things, real greatness and delusions of greatness. Well, maybe you have to expect bad behavior, but you don't have to excuse bad behavior because, I mean, after all, who gets to decide what's great? What if we value different kinds of achievements? I mean, frankly, I, I don't give a hoot what Picasso accomplished. Being exceptionally smart or talented or able to fool the art community into think that your scrawlings are somehow special doesn't give you the right to be a jerk. It's as simple as that. Yeah, I think it's way more complicated than, than you're willing to admit. First of all, I'm told greatness doesn't come easy to these folks, and they struggle with how to balance off their greatness with their personal lives. Often their personal lives are just a mess to their own sadness. Well, on the off chance that you have a point, we sent our roving philosophical reporter, Caitlin Esch, to talk to a man known as America's rabbi. She talks to him about some men be some great men behaving badly. She files this report. We all know that army generals, politicians, even presidents, especially presidents, can sometimes do morally questionable things. Indeed, I did have a relationship with Miss Lewinsky that was not appropriate. Elliot Spitzer rose to power taking on the rich and powerful as Attorney General of New York. But early last year, Spitzer was brought down by his involvement in a prostitution scandal. Four-star General David Petraeus, once considered a possible presidential candidate. Great men behaving badly is, uh, is rather the norm. It's not the exception. Rabbi Shmuley Boter has counseled thousands of couples, and he's a big believer that immorality in one's personal life does not necessarily translate to immorality on the job. Thomas Jefferson uh, is the father of our independence, and yet he owned slaves, refused to set them free at his desk. The same was true, of course, of uh, Franklin Delano Roosevelt, who saved the world from Hitler. The country adored him and elected him to four terms as president, yet his own wife refused to share his bed. Rabbi Shmuley is perhaps best known as Michael Jackson's former spiritual confidant, but he's also hosted a reality TV show. He's run for Congress in New Jersey, and he's written many books. He calls himself America's rabbi. Even truly great men, moral giants like Martin Luther King, whom I consider to have been uh, the greatest American of the 20th century because he restored America to its founding ideals and principles, he also uh, was not always faithful in marriage. But we don't remember Martin Luther King as an adulterer. We remember him as a civil rights hero. Rabbi Shmuley believes all moral crimes need to be taken in context. The Hebrew Bible is riddled with the moral failings of great men and great women because unlike Christianity, which defines righteousness as perfection, Judaism defines righteousness as struggle. We all struggle to do the right thing and, we don't, and we're not always successful. 
But we find greatness in that struggle, in battling our nature to always do better. So Rabbi Shmuley is a little surprised at the public response to General David Petraeus's admitted affair with his biographer, Paula Broadwell. The FBI uncovered hundreds, if not thousands, of emails, many of them salacious in nature. He ran a campaign in Iraq that was brutally savage. All the while, he's going around the country uh, talking about honor and integrity. I really think he's overdoing it as a showman, because he goes in front of Congress, he's wearing have you noticed the ribbons grow every year? He makes one big mistake and he, I mean, he has to take responsibility for his mistake and he has, I think. Now we're finding nothing but fault in him. I don't get that. Uh, it's almost like we judge people by a divine standard and when they make a mistake, we discover that uh, the emperor has no clothes, that these are tin men all along, and then we can find no virtue in them. I mean, it's absurd. Perhaps it's better to remember politicians and public figures aren't necessarily better than the rest of us. For Philosophy Talk, I'm Caitlin Esch. Want to hear more? You can hear the rest of the program by purchasing it at iTunes Music. Or, for unlimited listening, become a subscriber at philosophytalk.org.